Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, as it turns out, millennials don't like living downtown. The story is out from smartasset.com. Millennials like Olathe, Kansas, more than any other city in America. That is where more millennials are buying homes uh, this again, smartasset.com. It's on our Facebook page. And if you follow us on Twitter, you can uh, read it there as well. So we know we have some millennials that listen and oftentimes you take the blame for everything, but we're going to give you the blame for moving out of downtown and into Olathe. And we'd we, like to know why. Yeah, we just want to. We just want the explanation because, as we pointed out before the break, we've got Travis who chooses to live in Johnson County and is, by definition, a millennial right in the right in the bullseye. Wicket, who's on the old end of millennial, but you've always lived downtown, always. And so, even when you were more in the heart of that generation, you were living in downtowns. Travis to save money and to you know because that and doesn't want to be around the loud bars. Wicket who likes being around a little more activity. So we're trying to find out those of you that are avoiding, and mm-hmm. I'll open it up to the suburbs. Those of you that are avoiding the suburbs, why? And if you're gravitating to the suburbs, what we heard was that millennials aren't buying houses. We we thought that that millennials were putting their money into experiences, but maybe now that's shifting a little bit. Five seven six seven seven nine eight. Let's hear from the millennials. Millennial hour. We'll call it Millennial Tuesday. Let's go to Juan out in Olathe, ironically. Juan, you're on 98.1 KMBZ. Uh, how old are you, Juan? Uh, 23. 23. You're 20. young Jeez. end of the millennial chain. Okay. And how do you live? Do you rent? Do you buy? Did you buy? Uh, well, currently I live in Overland Park, but my partner and I actually just purchased our first home in Olathe. We closed it on Wednesday. Well, congratulations. Congrats on your first house at 23. Hey, That's pretty awesome. 23. My God, I couldn't barely pay rent at 23. So did you yeah, uh, talk about that process then, how, how you got to that point? Um, well, so for a year, we uh, we had been planning on it for a while. You know, we went through different locations, uh, still in the suburbs, but, you know, Prairie Village and Overland Park. Um, but we kind of just settled, settled on Olathe because it was just uh, more convenient for us. Um, but we had just, you know, basically I paid the bills and he put his income into savings. And we just uh, saved up for the past year and then, you know, made the choice and bought a house. Hey, Juan, let me ask you, where do you, uh, are you and your partner from Kansas City? You're both from Kansas City. Okay, don't tell me what company, but where do you work? Where is your business? Um, I am in the restaurant industry, and he is uh, in retail. All right, what cities? Are you near Olathe? Does anybody work downtown? Uh, Park, 135th. All right, so you're right there. You, yeah. I mean, you, it's, it's one of those things where you live right by where you work. Do you miss the downtown experience? Not uh, entirely, you know, and we're also kind of, looking forward for the future as well you know raising a family um and you know schools and stuff like that we kind of took that into consideration on where to move as well um you know it's a plan to be our five-year house for you that never works out so but you know we were just kind of thinking of the future and just you know i I gotta tell you 
Juan, 23-year-old Mike Wickett is pissed off at you, all right? 37-year-old Mike Wickett's right, not happy. Yeah, it's like 36 uh, for a few more months. Right? He's way ahead. Of, he's oh going to have a house paid off before you buy your first. That's true. That's how this is going to well, go. Yeah, yeah, when we signed the mortgage. It's true. I was like, oh, your last payment's going to be in 2048. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> You'll pay it off sooner than that. Juan, good luck to you guys, man. Thank you so much for calling. You're ahead of the game. Let's go to Heather and Olathe. Heather, thanks for calling. Heather, how old are you? I'm 33. 33. Okay. So you're a, you're a you're millennial. Right you're right in there. Uh, where do you live? I live in Olathe. You live in Olathe. Rent or buy? We just bought. You bought. Well, congratulations. Okay. Where did you live before? Uh, in Great Bend. Oh, wow. You moved here from out of town. Okay. Oh, yeah. Why did you choose Olathe to live in then when you moved here? Uh, because of the schools and um, just a job opportunity and everything. Um, my husband works for UPS and... I worked for KU, and it was mostly the schools and the job opportunity. We wanted our kids to be able to have access to just about anything they needed, and we figured Johnson County was the perfect place for that. Do uh, so. You work out in Lawrence? Uh, no, I KU Hospital. Okay, Hospital. Okay, I, I was unaware if you made the commute. <laughs> I, thank you for clarifying that. So you work downtown, and your husband drives for UPS, and you live in Olathe. Do you you have kids? Yes, we okay. have four. You have four kids. She's okay. got you beat, too. Everybody's ahead of the game. <laughs> I'm, like, starting, like, 40th in line here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I have to ask this. It's one thing. I get wanting to live in Johnson County for the schools. Olathe, and I've lived here 10 and a half years, Olathe feels far to me. Not, not to me. I mean, everything is right there. You know, we have our quiet neighborhood and, you know, couple miles down the road there's all the shopping and the food and have you ever been uh you and your husband have you ever been city folk um no yeah no i believe that i i do i do well heather you're ahead of the game thank you so much for your phone call we appreciate it yeah 33 four kids house in olathe choosing choosing houses based on schools wicket working working, like adults do working at a hospital saving lives yep and (laughs) Oh my god. Yep. Tonight me and my boys are going to SmackDown at Sprint Center. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh last call on this goes to Cole and Lee's Summit. Cole, how old are you? I am twenty five. Right. I don't have kids and I'm not saving lives at work though. So <laughs> Where uh, where do you live, Cole? I rent in Lee's Summit. All right. Are oh, you pl- all right, okay. so, do you do you, sounds cool. Do you uh do you have plans? Do you have uh, grander visions to to buy or are you cool renting in Lee's Summit? Uh yeah, I'm getting kind of tired of renting just cuz you know all the neighbors and noise and stuff. Uh I plan on actually trying to go in on getting a house next year cuz we just signed another one-year lease. So, um and I'm probably going to be more towards going out towards the country more than going in towards the city. So I think I'm about ready to get out of it because I grew up in the country. So. You you also said we. Who are you Who are you referring to? You, me and my girlfriend. Okay, I got you. All right, and you, you're a country boy. Lee Summit is about as city as you'll get, and you're going to go back out to the country? Right, yeah. Like, we used to live in downtown Lee Summit, and it's pretty nice being able to walk, you know, down to the bars and stuff. But I think for, like, long term, if I were to buy a house, I'd like to get little further away from the neighbors and whatnot so i understand that all right hey cole you may not be saving lives or you may not have four kids but you're still ahead of the game at 25 man good job downtown lee summit is pretty cool um and and deserves more credit than it gets for how cool for how neat that downtown is now they've got the w bar and they've got um third street social is really good and it's just a really cool little area that 
is um, otherwise I would say, oh my gosh, Lee Summit is far, but that downtown <laughs> is cool. All of this is, is any of this on the streetcar line? Is Olathe or Lee Summit, is there going to be a streetcar stop? In 2045, it'll be on the streetcar <laughs> line when, what I think you know, we could safely say like the Metro goes to maybe 179th or something like that. <laughs> at that point, you're at, you know, 700th Street and the streetcar is running there. I need to get my life in order. It is 1113. There's some adulting that could be done for you still. Check it out on our Facebook page. Straight ahead, let's say you won half a billion dollars, but the state says everybody's got to know your name. What would you do? We'll explain next. What would you do if you won over half a billion dollars in the lottery? This is from ABC's Sherry Preston for the Powerball winner out of New Hampshire. For what it's worth, I'm Sherry Preston. Why shouldn't the winner of a big lottery jackpot be allowed to stay anonymous? In New Hampshire, a woman matched all the Powerball numbers last month, making her the sole winner of a $560 million prize. But New Hampshire lottery rules stipulate she has to come forward. She made a mistake that I think all of us would do. You get so excited, you don't want to lose the ticket, you put your name right away, and then you start reading all these details like, oops, I should not have signed it. That's Sam Safa, owner of the store where the ticket was sold. He says the woman could have kept her identity secret if she had formed an anonymous trust, but that option went away when she signed the ticket. Safa says he gets it. His store gets $52,000 for selling the ticket, and... I'm already getting emails and phone calls every day, tons of them, and I didn't even win. So I can only imagine if this lady becomes known, she's going to be harassed a lot. The mystery winner's lawyer says she likes her community and wants to remain a part of it without anybody knowing she's now a multimillionaire. It's up to New Hampshire to decide how to handle it. For what it's worth... Sherry Preston, ABC News. So if you missed kind of how this worked out, um, we have a New Hampshire woman who has a Powerball ticket that is worth $559.7 million. And New Hampshire law says a lottery winner's name, town, and prize amount are public information. You can avoid that if you write the name of a trust. You can shield your identity by setting up a trust and writing that name down instead. She didn't know that. She thought that she had she she thought her only choice was to be public about it and she signed the ticket without consulting a lawyer first. In contacting the lawyer, the lawyer said you could have hidden your identity by setting up the trust, but it's too late. You already signed the ticket and you can't take it back. So now she wants a court order allowing her to stay anonymous saying had she known that Had she known all that before now, she never would have signed it. She would have just set up the trust and stayed anonymous. Uh, She's being identified as Jane Doe. She filed a complaint last week in Hillsborough Superior Court in Nashua saying that she signed the back of the ticket following the January 6th drawing, the nation's eighth largest lottery jackpot. She thought she had to do so. Um, She's not turned in her ticket yet, but she did show lottery officials a photocopy of the front. And uh, that's when lottery officials say she said they told her she had to disclose her identity if someone filed a right to know request. Her lawyers argue her privacy interest outweighs the insignificant public interest in disclosing her name. Uh, the New Hampshire Lottery Executive Director, uh, Charlie McIntyre, said we respect her desire to remain anonymous, but state laws and lottery rules clearly dictate protocols 
and she has not followed them. I want to know why it has to be state law that it has to go public. Why it has to be public. Yeah, I don't either. I don't Um, get that. Now, I don't know, as you heard in Sherry Preston's report, she likes the community that she lives in. I get the sense maybe it's a smaller, I mean, there's no big community in New Hampshire. (laughs) And she wants, she doesn't want people to know that she won this money. And I will be, if she succeeds at this, what we're never going to find out if if she's good at that is how she is spending the money with no one noticing. You know, how do you um, change your lifestyle and have people not know it? How do you just continue to fit in when you've won that kind of money? You got to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Short of putting it all in the bank and not spending a dime, how are you going to keep your anonymity? But it is, I, I can't figure out why state law says your your name has to be public. And if you've learned anything here, people, it's that contact. If you win the lottery, call a lawyer before you do anything. Right. Absolutely. Because the lawyer could have told her you could you could just create a trust and sign the trust and call the trust whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to have your name on it. And then you don't have to sign it with your name. I mean, the fir- if I ever were to win, and I play pretty much every week, twice a week, and people will say, you're wasting your money, but I don't care. But if I were to, if I were to win, I don't know why it has to be public. But man, I I sit back. I mean, I don't know. Is there? A, there's no time frame on it, right? Like, can I just sit back and not and not alert anyone that I have won while they sit there and say the that five hundred million dollars or whatever goes unclaimed? And I don't know what state law here says, um, but I got to think there are some people that are going to want to be public about it because you just want a really really large amount of money. And you're going to want the world to know. Oh, yeah. You're going to know, Jamie. Your your first inclination is going to be to tell the world about it. But it's interesting. I, I don't get why state law says that has to be public. But they're allowing an out by setting up the trust. Um, but I, I wonder the motivation on either side, you know, to, to want to be public or to want to never tell anybody. I mean, their motivation to never want to tell anybody is that you don't want anybody coming after it. You, you don't, you, <laughs> you don't want, want, I mean, look, you everybody's going to want a piece of it. You're going to have cousins you never talk to hitting you up at mm-hmm. your doorstep, wanting a thousand dollars or $10,000 so they can start their record company or their car dealership or, or whatever. Scams. I mean, every oh, yeah. person with a scam to run is going to come and get you mm-hmm. and you're never relatives that you're never that you've never met are going to claim to be relatives and claim that you oh you're going to have people filing lawsuits against you people are going to claim they fell in your driveway oh my gosh to get you to settle and 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 also from a non-family related uh you know point of view your life might be in danger for sure absolutely there could be violence coming your way because you have $500 million coming your way. Or after taxes, you have $250 million coming your way. Okay, I need someone to help me think this out. Um, a couple of texters have said, which now that multiple people are saying this, I believe it to be true. Um, in Missouri, you have to, it has to be public. In Kansas, you can remain anonymous. And several people have said that. Yeah, I get that it's 180 days to claim Powerball. I'm wondering if there is a statute of limitations on changing from being private to being public about who it is. But um, the texter said the law is designed to give transparency to the lottery. I don't get that. Um, I don't get why. I don't, may, I, I don't understand that. May, maybe because if I win three times out of four, there's something fishy going on there. You know okay. what I mean? If I, okay, if somehow, to show that they're not favoring anybody. Right, yeah. Okay. That makes I get that. Sense. That does make sense, I guess, because okay. if miraculously Travis Walker wins the Kansas lottery, you know, wins forty million, sixty million, forty million in a matter of a month. All of a sudden, you'd be like, "Wow, that guy's just the luckiest number guesser ever." But if that's the case, then there needs to be the the law needs to be the same in any state that does Powerball 
because mm. you could choose to be public in one place but have your name on a trust in the other. And and then, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. in some states you'd have to be private, in other states you wouldn't have to be. Um yeah, I get that. I mean, it's to show that that they're not fooling the numbers, you know, that they're that that you actually mm-hmm. you really did win and that they're not lying to you about it. And so. I Mike, if I win that many times, I'm changing my name and you won't find <laughs> yeah. me. Witness protection for you. Absolutely. I mean, I, I would guess that's that makes sense. But jeez. I don't know how you I don't know how you win that kind of money and hide in plain sight. Well, how I do mean, you not? How do people not know if you win th- that kind of money? I think if I were, you know, when I go buy my ticket later today, and if I win the Powerball tomorrow or whatever, I'm telling you right now, there's two things I do. Well, there's three things I do. One, I call you and tell you I'm not coming into work that next day. But the, or ever, <laughs> ever again. I mean, there's a difference Goodbye. between telling me, "Hey, I'm, I've got a little cough and I'm yeah. not coming in tomorrow," and right. and abruptly quitting your job when all signs pointed that you were going to stick around for a while. Um, I'd be a little suspicious, but you'd have to come up with a pretty deep lie in order to, because I'd be asking questions. Because I'd be concerned and be like, what do you mean you're quitting your job? I'm what's, done. what's wrong? Well, what are you um, doing next? Well, I, I can't tell you. You'd have to tell me a very well thought out lie. Um, I'll just give you a signal, a code word. It'll be like abracadabra. If I just mm-hmm. if I text you abracadabra, that means yeah. I won the Powerball and I'm never working here again. But you've told one person then, and I'm telling everybody right. I know. It'll be on the so, air at 10.04 yeah, the so, next morning. <laughs> so I don't know how you keep that a secret because aren't most people going to make some kind of dramatic change well, where you're going to know? The first two things I'm doing, one, I'm getting that lawyer. And, and, and I'm going to f- figure out who's the right lawyer to call. And then the next thing I'm doing is I'm hiring a security guard. For about a week, mm-hmm. all right? I'm hiring someone to literally stand outside my door in my apartment, and that is his job. And he'll be 6'5", 320 with a CCW. And he'll be standing outside my door until I can figure out how to get all my stuff <laughs> packed up and my dogs, and I'll move into my mansion in Fiji. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm almost done with Breaking Bad, where he hides, he hides, hides. Hides $80 million in drug money in barrels in the desert. Like, don't you have to do that with that money so that nobody can track it? Don't you have to take it all in one big lump sum? You want the lump sum. And then bury it in the desert? Um, that lump sum is And gonna, not spend it. First thing I'm doing, I'm calling U.S. Bank. I want a transfer of $260 million. I need a big old dude with a gun outside my door. Jamie Abracadabra. And I'm moving to Fiji. Well, here's what I got. There's from my Jamie. plan right here's there. Here's what I got from Jamie. She's going to win the money. She's going to bury it. And then she's going to sell blue meth. I mean, that's kind of obvious, don't you think? Like, I think I need a different a different product than that because people would immediately connect those dots. Do green. That's I, true. I, I that's see true. where you're going. <laughs> Such a good plan. You can read about that one. It is on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash 981KMBZ. She's going to try to remain anonymous. I hope she can. Me too. I I mean, I hope she can keep her little quiet, happy little life in her little town. All right, coming up next, Trooper Ben has a message for you drivers. So do I. This is mostly you Kansas drivers, right? I I got it on the Missouri side this morning. You're going to hear that coming up next. No, if it is the cold, the threat of snow. Yesterday, was it the minimal flurries on my way home from the vet when I took the dog there? But there is something in the air with the way people are driving right about now here in Kansas City, in and around. And normally, it's just Kansas drivers to me. But this was everybody yesterday. I'm coming from the plaza, get on 35 eventually. And man, nobody's using turn signals. Everyone's going about 12 miles an hour. Uh, it was it was some it was ridiculous. It was absolute. No one wants to let anybody in. No one will let anybody merge. I don't know if it was the threat of the snow, Jamie, but. 
We got some real issues here. Yeah, that's not new. <laughs> the thing you experienced yesterday <laughs> is not an anomaly for yesterday or because of the snow. Uh, Trooper Ben of the Kansas Highway Patrol. This is, uh, I don't think it's on our Facebook page, but it will be. And it's from Fox 4. Trooper Ben is upset with the way some of you people, and I'm talking to you, get on the freeway. Jamie, you ever been trying to get on the freeway? Doesn't matter you know, where you are. Um, doesn't, doesn't matter where you are. So I had an interesting little experience this morning. Um, so I recently moved to the Northland, so my drive-in uh, requires quite a bit of 635 on my way in now. Yeah. Um, and that was Kansas side, but I get this on the Missouri side too. Um, if you were on your, if you were headed on 635 South this morning, kind of headed toward Metcalf, let's say you were in a, a gray Dodge Charger, you Uh-oh. were a man. Uh-oh. I, yeah, yeah. You annoyed me for <laughs> you, 15 minutes this morning because you, you were, you just lingered in the left lane You uh... and there was just enough traffic. You got six lanes going there. There was just enough traffic and just enough trucks that nobody could get around you. Like you single-handedly held up traffic. Is there anything more frustrating than when the three lanes of traffic are all going the same speed? Yeah, that's there is, there is, infuriating. Uh, it is. And now Trooper Ben is upset with the way that you people are getting on to the freeway. And this is especially bad around downtown because for some reason people are getting on the freeway for at 14 miles an hour and decide... They're not going to try to speed up to the 55 or the 60 or whatever. This is from Kansas Highway Patrol Trooper Ben Gardner to you. It's called an acceleration lane, people. When you get into the interstate, you've got to accelerate to be at the same speed that people are traveling on the interstate. I'm not telling you to jack up your speed and go way above the speed limit. Don't do that. But I need you to be going the speed limit as you merge into traffic because it totally jacks everybody up that's in the lanes traveling down the road. Be safe, wear your seatbelt, and accelerate on that ramp to get on the interstate system. Not over the speed limits, but what everybody else should be traveling on that road. Be safe. This was a video he posted while sitting in his squad car that has yeah. been viewed uh, what? How many? T- let me see how many. Uh, let's see. It's been viewed by now more than a million times on social media, and sadly, it's not going to make a hill of beans a difference. So let me give you another example of what he's talking about. Um, it, going home, I deal with this also. So going, um, what direction? North on Metcalf to get onto six thirty five to go home. You merge onto six. You're coming. That must be from I thirty five, where you're merging from the left into the rest of us that are coming up Metcalf to create 635. Yeah. The point being you're merging from the left. What he is talking about is you need to get your speed up to what it is going to be as those people from Metcalf, which I think it's 55 and then becomes 65. So at the very least, you need to be going 55 because the traffic you're merging with is going 55 also. And so, otherwise, you're going to clog up that whole left lane of traffic because you're going 30 and everybody else is going 55. I just cannot stand how slow some people drive. And I'm not a guy who goes 90. I I luckily don't have too many speeding tickets on my record, knock on wood. But he is right. Why is it when people are getting on the freeway, they don't understand that they have to get to 55 by the time the lane merges as opposed to... Okay. 35, now, I'm going to give some people the benefit of the doubt. I'm not. A little bit. 
um, in that if it is a ramp or a merging point that you don't travel very often, you may think that lane is going to end. You know what I mean? So you're merging from the left. You're looking over your right shoulder to see if there is a spot for you to merge. And if it's during really heavy traffic, you're going to slow down a little bit to make sure you don't just hit a car that's coming because you might have to stop anyway. However, uh, that's only if your lane's going to end. If your lane is going to keep going, you don't have that problem. And one of the places where that is really bad, I mean, one of, there are several, a lot of the, this is one of the things, when I first filled in with you over a year and a half mm-hmm. ago, you know, I was just brand new to town and you said, what do you think of Kansas City? I said, one of the things I've noticed, and I live downtown and drove around downtown, boy, some of the on-off ramps in this city are short. They are very, yeah. very short. you got to make yeah. quick decisions. And that is another reason why you shouldn't be going 30 miles an hour when you're getting on the freeway. Like, mm-hmm. you have a da- – like, the one especially <laughs> that gets on to 70 or gets to 35 right before you merge on to 70, it, that entry lane is about 10 feet wide – or 10 feet long, I should say. you got to get up to speed oh. quick and get over. So, And you live in a weird part of town. I do. Where there's, I can't even keep straight of which interstate is which, at which there's 10 a main, feet section it, because it true. changes as you go. <laughs> but yeah, if you're coming like I-35 south into town, or maybe that's I-35, I-29 south into town, south, right? Yeah. And so you're going to pass by River Market and you're going to be downtown for about half a second and then you're going to jump on I-35 real quick. Yeah. There's a lot of merging and changing of lanes that yes. has to happen very, very quickly. But you got to get up to speed when you do it. And you know what? I was... Where was I? I was driving out near KC. I was in KCK the other day, driving, and the same thing. I'm behind a, a a Jeep Cherokee or something, and we're going 30 miles an hour as we're trying to get up what? to the. It was a Jeep Cherokee in a what? Trying to get the freeway, you know, 55 huh. or 60 or whatever it was, and it was just la di da la di da. I'm like, you know, there's like six a 16 yeah. wheeler coming behind you who's going to be barreling down on your ass at 70 miles an hour, and you're just. La-dee-da, la-dee-da. But really the maddening thing is the guy that sits in the far left lane of traffic and just goes right at the speed limit. Oh. And that's fine. That person's going to say, well, it's called speed limit for a reason. Right. That's fine. Go over to the right lane then. What, like it's uh, called a passing lane for a reason. What do you do when that person is going 62 in the 70 in the left lane and you pull up behind them. Jamie, are you a middle finger girl? Do you do you honk no. your horn? Are what you flashing do, your lights? What I do is, I'll let you describe it, Wicket. I do this. <laughs> the same thing everybody does. I, I don't the use hands, the finger. The hands go up in the air. Like the, the two hands, like, like, the, everybody. Like, like my Italian grandmother used to do. Like the, what the, you, what the, you both hope, hands you up. You hope you get their attention yes. in their rear view mirror by putting both hands up in the air. Because that's more dramatic than the finger to me. That's more <laughs> of a dramatic gesture. Like, what the? And then if that doesn't do it, then I'll start using one hand, like pointing to the lane. <laughs> like, there is room to your right. <laughs> speed, or, or I have the gesture for speed up, which is to push my hand forward, like speed up. What I like to do is I will then pass that person on the right. Oh, and you're doing something in the rearview mirror. I come back right in front of them, and then my arm points over to the center lane like one of these. Passive aggressive. Sometimes I'll do it in the summertime when my sunroof is open. It'll be out the window, out the sunroof. That's better because they can see that. So they can see it pointing towards the middle lane. That makes more sense than the rest of us that just do it in the rearview mirror and hope that they get it. So if you if you see a white Hyundai going barreling by you while you're going la di da in the left lane and there's an arm that goes sticking out the sunroof and it's pointing for you to get over, mm-hmm. that's me, <laughs> all right? That is me. All right. Uh, you know, 
You can text in your biggest pet peeves about drivers. Sure, why not? Because several of you are doing it anyway. 22980. A professional truck driver here. My biggest pet peeve, drive a consistent speed. Stop speeding up and slowing down. Hate that. And is my car the only one equipped with cruise control? No, I have it too. Do you? Yeah. Is yeah. that pretty common device? Yeah, kind of. Okay. There goes a police officer down Hello, the, sir? the Shawnee Mission Ma'am? right now. Hello. Good to see you. Hopefully you're listening. <laughs> Flash your cherries and blues <laughs> yes. for us next time you go by. Yes. Um, yeah, I know a lot of states have left lane laws where it's illegal to sit in the left-hand lane and hold up traffic, but people don't really stick to that law. Do we have that? Yeah, Missouri's got it. I believe Kansas does, too. Where that it's, needs, it's, That's a law that's never enforced. Never enforced. Never enforced. Ever. I mean, I've seen guys get busted for scalping tickets more than I've seen that, mm-hmm. and nobody gets in trouble for scalping tickets. Uh, let's see. Into the text line, it's idiots messing with their cell phone. Forty minute commute every day. I pass idiots paying more attention to their phone than to the road. It makes me scream. Goodness. I will out a fellow woman now. Oh yeah. I was on. Why was I on Metcalf? I was on Metcalf for some reason, and this was in the morning. What the hell? Would, I don't know what I was doing at seven thirty in the morning on Metcalf, but I was. And there was a woman, um, literally putting on mascara. Oh my god. Like I used to think people. I don't. I mean, I'll admit that I, you know, but I don't, I've never put on makeup while driving. I'm not that good at it. (laughs) I'm not that skilled at putting on lipstick without like, you know, really paying attention to that. Who are the women that can put on mascara while driving? Skilled women. I mean, that means one eye is out of commission then. Yeah, yeah. You got to be able to look up. Both eyes have to look up. And that's a pretty precise little maneuver there. One eye looking up. Your other eye somehow has to still stay on the road. One yeah. hand is on the wheel. Right. And the one other- hand's got to hold your mascara. The other's got to use the wand. These are the problems. What are I you driving it. with? What are you driving with? That Some point? people, remember we talked about foods you eat? Somebody said they eat cereal while they drive. Yeah. yeah. What? I'm not tall enough to steer with my knees. My legs aren't okay. tall. I'm not tall enough that my knees will hit that. My knees come well under my steering wheel, so that, that can't happen. I guess that's what those people do. Shout out to Trooper so. Ben. You're the man. Oh, yeah. You're the man, Trooper Ben. Yeah, we feel you. Thanks for speaking for the masses. <laughs> uh, speaking of driving, you'll never believe what the French are doing to combat texting and driving. And again, this tis the season. We have more concert announcements coming to Kansas City. We'll tell you about them coming up next. All right, so we're talking about driving uh, before the break. And because Trooper Ben from the Kansas Highway Patrol put out a video. He's the man. Awesome. Um, saying what we're all thinking about what the acceleration lane is used for. When you're merging, you need to go as fast as the lane that you're merging into so that everybody goes faster. So then you were talking about women putting on makeup as they drive. Your pet peeves while driving. And oh, I yeah. said I saw a woman the other day on Metcalf who was putting on mascara while driving. Which I don't, I'm not that good at putting on makeup to be able to put on mascara while driving at the same time. We got this text. Mm -hmm. Guilty. I'm putting on my makeup going down the interstate. I have two toddlers to get ready in the morning. So halfway to work, I look in the mirror and realize I'm a mess. I set my cruise control knee. I set my cruise control knee goes up to steer and I throw on a little makeup. I just want you to know. Valid story, I guess. I get it. I'm, I'm very upset with you. But I looked up who you are. You doubted the story? I doubt. I wanted to, to, to associate the name with the story. Mm-hmm. This person's name is Brandon. Now, Brandon, <laughs> I, if, you're dry, if you are looking in the mirror and realizing you're a mess and throw on a little blush or a little mascara, that's, that's all well and good, brother. Uh, I got no issue with that. But I think you just catfished us. And we caught it. I think you just made up a story, Brandon. Uh, what else do we know about Brandon? Uh, he was a Marine. 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, works at plumbing, studied sex at your mom goes to college. Oh, this guy's a... Yeah. This is a class act right here. Uh, interesting guy here. But huh. uh, I'm calling BS on that story, and he was trying to be funny and to paint women in a bad light. And Wicket caught it. And I caught you, bro. Do you do that... Um, inside baseball here. How yeah. often do you look people up on Facebook that text us? Um, s- somewhat regularly, because mm-hmm. most I'd say about seventy percent of the people. I learned this from from Nivens from The Rock. Because mm-hmm. uh, we see your phone number when you come in, and uh, and you put your phone number into your Facebook page sometimes. Sometimes people do. Sometimes not everybody does it, but some people do. And yeah. even I, who is not as Facebook savvy as you are, know maybe I've learned this from you. That if you put the phone number into the search box of Facebook, the yeah. person's identity comes up. I'd say about 60 to 70% of the time that works. That's a that's a pretty good little trick there, Wicca. Yeah. I gotta tell you. I'm, yeah. I mean, you know, hey, maybe, maybe. Something to teach there. Maybe Brandon and his wife share the same Facebook account. Mm-hmm. If you do, I think that's lame. Yeah. But if, <laughs> if you do, yeah. that's totally cool. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Brandon, and maybe maybe I just outed Brandon's That's life. Awesome. Uh, but Brandon looks to be married with two kids. I'm guessing Brandon does not put blush on when he's going 70 miles an hour down I-70 or wherever he's going. Is it possible? Um, wow, look at me trying to find now maybe, the benefit of the doubt. Is it possible like they share a Facebook page or something or this was his wife on his phone? Could be wife on his phone. Maybe. Maybe. But who lets their, their significant other take their phone? At this time of the day. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm calling BS on Brandon. Uh-huh. I'm calling BS on Brandon. We got it, though. Yeah. I'm okay with this giving up the secret. That's fine. That's all good. That That's, I mean, most people know that. Yeah. Put the phone number into the yeah. Facebook bar. And Learn you, that from Nivens. Thanks, Nivens. By the way, uh, unless Nivens' wife gives birth. Which he, could be any which day. Which could be any day. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be filling in for you, Jamie, when we're broadcasting live uh, coming up on Friday at the American Royal for the Kansas City Remodel and Garden Show. You're looking at me like I'm supposed to remember the I, order of those words. I think it was the remodel and garden yeah. show. So somebody um, <laughs> pointed out before the break, uh, as we were talking about some of the pet peeves while driving, particularly that idea that when you're merging into a lane, as Trooper Ben pointed out, <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, Brandon texts back, lame. He learned, he knew we busted <laughs> you him. You were caught. <laughs> nice job, right, buddy. Sorry, I apologize. We're pretty good at this stuff. Yeah. Um, so... Somebody had texted in uh, before the break that the problem is that we don't teach drivers that in schools anymore. And so kids don't get some of those lessons about accelerating and that kind of thing when you merge in. And I had an old moment and then decided to ask around the room a little bit. And 22980 or 5767798, we need a little bit of education here about how things have changed because we've had driver's licenses for a long time. And some of you have kids that have been through this more recently. Who is getting, are kids still getting driver's ed in school? I mean, in school. Like for me, driver's ed was a nine-week course as a part of my school day that I took in a classroom at my high school. But I asked Travis, who graduated more recently than we did, where did you take driver's ed? So I took mine at Sears. Uh, in, in Texas, I'm not speaking for all of Texas, but your Dallas and your Plano and Carrollton and all that, your bigger city areas, the schools are too big for them to have driver's ed at the school. Okay. So you can either go to like a building, uh, you know, somewhere else, somewhere in the city that's called Driver's Ed. And you'd go there for nine weeks, or you go to Sears that actually have a Driver's Ed course for nine weeks, and you have to pass the test. Uh, they actually take you driving and all that on different cars, so it's just like a regular Driver's Ed, but it's just not in school. Interesting. And so I don't know if there's a difference between the education that you get at a you know at a private 
driving school versus the one that you would go through in school. But that is an interesting point that I wonder if the level of driving education has changed. Now, what I know is that I skipped school the day I turned 16 to go get my driver's license. There was no such thing at, I think I had to have my learner's permit for three months beforehand or something like that. But there was no such thing as this whole provisional license and you have to log so many hours after you turn 16 before. We've made getting a driver's license a lot harder than it used to be. And I'm cool with that. I'm all right with that too. Because I was- Now um, that I have mine. (laughs) I was with a, a friend at a concert and she brought her daughter who was 15 and- and she was telling me how she looks like she's 12. And mm-hmm. she said, I'm getting ready to get my license. And I said, yeah, how old are you? She said, 15. I said, what do you have to do to get a license? I had just moved here. And yeah, it was, you can start driver's ed at like 14 and then 15. You can drive with mom and dad. It, it was, there's a lot of steps. I graduated from driver's ed, uh, what, you know, when I was 15 and got my permit. That was in 1996. We got it as curriculum in the summer. Yeah. It, it was a summer class you could take at school. Okay. And you got your permit when you passed the course at 15 or whatever, and you can drive with mom or dad. And then in 16, you got your license. And that was in the 90s. It's fascinating because a lot of different stories are coming in on the text line about schools in the area, some that are offering driver's ed in school, some that only some that only offer it in the summer which I think would stink if your birthday is not until April and you can only take it the summer before or the summer after, uh, that would stink. Um, did you learn to parallel park in driver's ed? Yes. We did not. What? Yes. How? And it failed me. Like as a, as a member of society, the lack of education about how to parallel park ruined me. I'm glad you mentioned that because it was not offered at driver's ed either. They said, hey, you can try it out if you want, Mm -hmm. but it does not go against your score. Yeah, they did not teach us. It was not a part of my driving test. Well, you were in the country, so... Right, but still, like, I eventually, you know, six months after I got my driver's license, I was having to park on busy streets in downtown Chicago and had no idea how to parallel park. That is amazing to me. We spent a long time doing it and... That was one of the first things that my dad tried to teach. And I, and I, and I did it with a stick shift, too. And that was even harder. Well, that's a whole other conversation, yeah. yeah my, dad, my dad's car was a, a 1988 Camaro V6. Mm-hmm. Love that car. And that was what I learned to drive on. So I had to learn how to parallel park mm-hmm. with a stick shift. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my driver's test was with my mom's car. It was a 90s Grand Am. But yeah, I, we had to learn how to parallel park. Kara, did come to the? Can you come to the microphone real quick here? Did you have driver's ed in school? In school, I in, did. Yes. Okay. It was a half. A, well, it was one quarter. That's what ours was. One quarter. Mm-hmm. Did wow. you learn to parallel park as a part of that course? Um, or even like the behind it, the wheel it was, portion? It was the behind the wheel part that we did. See, I didn't. There was that no instruction amazing. on how to parallel park. And Carrie, you know I can't do it. That's I mean, true. I can do it now. <laughs> how well? I can, I'm, a, I'm pretty con- I have a little car that makes okay. it pretty easy. I'm pretty confident about my ability now. In fact, I consider that to be a great success if I can really get squeeze. <laughs> like the smaller the space you can squeeze your car into, the better you do it. You, feel you like get you're that doing cobalt in that spot. You are you, a professional. If I can't get the cobalt into the spot, then really a spot, a car doesn't belong but in see, it. They don't, it's not even necessary to parallel park anymore because the cars are doing it for you. If you get any of the new uh, ones. Well, I don't know what you're got, driving, but well, the, new stuff, the cobalt I, doesn't I, do that. <laughs> But I mean, it's going to get to the point where in the next car you do buy, we'll probably have that option. Yeah, that part, that parallel parking assist thing is becoming, Mm -hmm. you know, ubiquitous. Remember, like ten years ago, backup cameras were the most luxurious item, and now they're standard. Not, not in the cobalt, though. No, they probably are now. <laughs> not in your 1988 cobalt or no. whatever the hell you're driving. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Uh, coming up, we'll tell you what the French are doing to combat texting and driving, which is those big concert announcements coming to Kansas City as well. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.